founder. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. We're happy that you're here again. Uh, do you wonder why you take the time each week to listen to more podcasts? Well, let me just give you an acronym to help you understand what more means. It means maximizing opportunities for right now and eternity. That stands for more. So stop asking why you listen. Just never forget to listen and pass it on to somebody else and say, you want more? This is the reason why. Well, this message was brought to you by Strange Rentals of Northern Michigan, the makers of reusable toilet paper, monkey butlers, and Velcro Teflon. Uh, Pastor Gary is in the studio with me today. All right. Did you catch that little? I did. I My <laughs> eyebrows went up there for a second because you were talking really fast. Well, they do that on commercials, right? Yeah. They don't want you to know the side effects. Of right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to really realize that there's a company out there that sells reusable toilet paper. Right. Well, here to help me with your weekly dose of more goodness, the inventor of happy birthday greetings sent to your email by Celebrity Goats, Pastor Gary. Woohoo! Yeah. All right, and sitting across the table from me, the only man to ever get disqualified from the Westminster Dog Show, no. Pastor Alex Norton. Yes, yes, a rough, rough year for me. <laughs> you know, apparently they you have to have a full breed. You know, yeah. something actually has papers. Yeah, there was no category for mutt. <laughs> yeah, you can't just bring in whatever you the want. The Heinz Fifty Seven right. category, right this there. This is a Lab Doodle yeah. Rottweiler mix. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, you know, as I'm sitting here across me, people can't obviously see what you're wearing, but you're wearing a very legit shirt. I'm wearing some from waterfront. total serious merch here from the waterfront. I actually have one of the um, supervisor shirts on. Yeah. It's a white collar, button down. It looks and it's pretty got, good. It's, I got the logo on the, the left chest there. I have the American flag yeah. on the left arm, and on the right arm, I've got their 50th year anniversary edition of this so you walk, Company, so. you walk in and everybody's thinking you're and then, coming into... Yep, and I wear a white hat every once in a while, hard hat, and I show up and I just like, I have a clipboard <laughs> and I just start writing stuff and people just start scrambling around looking like, oh, busy. No. Yeah. Look, they look busy. <laughs> and you can ask like odd questions and be like, yep. oh, well, let me uh, look into that for you. Yeah. Is that 220 or 221 <laughs> on that power? Yeah. That's what I try to do. Yep. I went in, <laughs> I went into Home Depot the other day and I'm looking for what I finally figured out was called an oscillating saw. Okay. You know what those are. They, yes. they sit flat and you can mm-hmm. router out spaces for flooring. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking for this, but I didn't know what it's called. And I'm like, it's kind of like a uh, jigsaw with a flat blade. Kind of, and I'm trying to explain it to her. And this lady's like, I have never heard what you're talking about. <laughs> and then a the guy, you know, and he's like, oh, that's uh, called an oscillating saw. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for right there. You know, the first time I ever saw a commercial for that, I'm like, look at that. That's the lamest looking thing. Mm-hmm. And then I tried one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought one immediately. Just well, amazing tool. It makes it easy when you have to put in the flooring. You don't want to take the baseboards off. You can just router everything exactly to, yeah, where and you need it. They're great for drywall, all kinds of tools. Yeah, putting keyholes in and stuff. Yep, yep, easy breezy great. with that. Yeah, I love that thing. Um, so yeah, finally got my isolating saw. Now I just got to get my back in shape and move in and start working on that stuff. Yes. Um, so Pastor Gary, what has been going on this week? I, I know there's... Men, uh, bazillion updates of things that are going on, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my life personally, here at Harbor Light, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, as, as you guys know, I've been the facilities director now for my third week, which I love. This this is a ministry 
that is constantly changing. Every five minutes, you're doing something new. You're meeting with uh, architects. Uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. I love love it. It's a f- super fast paced, wonderful ministry. I start every morning at five a.m. Yeah, and I've been concluding. Last night, I got done at ten a.m. or ten p- ten p.m. So, uh, nice super long day, and uh, but uh, lots of great things. We've just finished our thirty ninth project in three weeks. Good grief! Yeah, yeah. So Brian is our assistant facilities director. This guy is off the hook. Good. I, you know, I have been very impressed by him. He is amazing. I was really like the other day I was watching him do something with a tractor Mm -hmm. and he's just sitting there doing his thing, you know, and it looks like he's been in that tractor for 50 years or so. And he's just like, knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm telling you what, this guy is amazing. Yeah. Does great work and does it well and fast. Well, he, you know, he sells himself little, little low on that because he says, you know, I'm groundskeeper or I've done grass clipping and. Mm-hmm. But he seems to know a little bit about Yeah, everything. he's doing maintenance. He's yeah. doing a lot of maintenance. He knows just, a little bit about everything. Yeah, he's he's great. He put in that window for the school and Yep. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Um, yeah. So we I just had my first uh meeting on Sunday to go to Indonesia. Okay. And uh I'm getting kind of excited because my wife and I are starting to call this the Billy Graham tour. Okay. Uh, we found out that we're going to be doing uh, tent meetings. Nice in in Indonesia, uh, at least two two or three opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to share the gospel okay. and uh, talk to people. And we're going to be in heavily, you know, Muslim area, as well as there's a lot of Christians there, but it is in a Muslim area. Mm-hmm. And so I got to start working on my best Billy Graham sermon. Nice. Get ready to share the gospel and get people saved. Did you ever listen to any of his? Oh yeah. When I, I when I feel like we've got like an altar call or a salvation call coming, yeah. I'll listen to a Billy Graham sermon. Oh yeah. And you can just feel the anointing of Holy Spirit yeah. all over that. It's a you know, it's amazing. I, I get like little TikTok things of him sharing something at a stadium somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh for all the wisdom and knowledge that guy had, he was like what you talk about. He took the cookie, you know, jar from the top put it down the lower shelf and people always knew what he was talking about do you know i went to the billy graham retreat center last year did you really yeah and um it was really awesome i went to their chapel Mm -hmm. and they have the podium that he used when he did those large uh coliseums or stadium really sermons and people don't realize this but there was uh, three three lights on there Mm -hmm. there was the 15 minute left five (laughs) minute left really you're in overtime yeah yep he had a light system on his podium to let him know how much time he had left on his wow own. that is crazy people don't realize that right yeah but he was great and then he it, was if you ever get a chance to listen to some of his old stuff when he was in the tents yes he was you know phenomenal he, that's when he was really like a pentecostal preacher back in that time you know right and then uh yeah good old baptist preacher but yeah there's a lot to learn from him i, I remember one thing that i learned from him uh was when he shared about how he would go on the road and he would take two of his elders with him mm-hmm. and he would have them stay on either side of his room right and he'd be in the middle yep and no one no one would got to him, especially if it was a female. Yep. Unless they went through the elders to get to him. And he was always protecting himself. And I thought And you know, um he never walked thing. out of a hotel room first. Really? Yep. He never even opened the door. And it wasn't because he was pretentious and wanted people to do it for him. Right. He just didn't want the door to wing open, a girl jump in his arms and then take a picture. Yeah. And so everyone else always went entered the hallway before he did. Yep. To keep any any even bad reputation thing from even possibly being spread. I, I think that is just that's just so cool. And and then the other thing too was his his financial set, setup he would do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like he um was taught he had was in an interview. I, I can't remember if it was on TBN or something. But he 
went to the board and the board was starting to make more money because they do more of these mm -hmm. uh, outings and stuff. And he said that he locked in his wages okay, for a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was enough to, you know, make it. Mm -hmm. But even on his books and the stuff that he would sell or stuff that would be sold somewhere would go automatically to the ministry. Mm -hmm. And he would still only just take his, his wages for the year. Wow. And that's all he would take. Mm. And so people are like, you know, you, you could have lived in a mansion. You could have, you know, yeah. lived a high life because he eventually became very popular. Sure. But he refused to do that. He always said, I know, you know, I, I know what God wants me to have and what I need to have. And this is what I do. Kind of like uh, Rich Mullins, the the artist. Yeah. He, he, had a, he had a board that set his salary. Yeah. And all the money that came in from all of his concerts went into that ministry. And then they just paid him whatever they felt. He, he needed it at the time. So there's he a lot is. to be said there because yeah. I, I just recently got a, you know, I get these uh, weird surveys from um, some of these groups that are out there to do that. And uh, they're talking about the average pastor that's in the limelight right now makes between three and $11 million a year. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah. To have I'm that just, much money. Yeah. I'm just barely getting by at 6 million, but. Right. Yeah, well, and you, you've got it's a lot tight. to deal with. Yeah. You got, <laughs> when you're doing, when you're doing all that work around here, I mean, right. seriously, you should be getting a little more than that. Yeah. Well, um, again, I come to you, uh, more podcast listeners, with a lot more stuff to talk about around the table, barbecue, or on the boat or the beach, wherever you may be. Uh, things, you know, it's, it's funny because the other night, my wife and I, uh, on behalf of our church, we went to the Nehemiah Project dinner. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, you, this is going to be cool. I got to tell you, this is so funny. We're sitting at a table, right? And uh, my wife and I are talking, and then people are coming around and saying, hey, you know, welcome. Thanks for coming. Everyone thought we lived in Bay Harbor. They asked us which house we lived in. Why? Apparently, we had we had the look. We had the look for real. And they're like, you know, you know, that's I told Amy. I said we passed the initial observation look. You know, like when people come in and you know gauge the room, see who's there. They they thought that we lived in Bay Harbor. <laughs> and I'm like, Amy, we got out of there. You know, we were talking about the night, and I said, Do you realize that people looked at us and thought that we lived in Bay Harbor? Really? And I said. The clothes I got on was not worth more than five bucks because I bought it from the thrift store, <laughs> but I looked like every other guy that was there. Oh, wow. Because I had the, you know, this shirt that I picked up at the thrift store. Right. And these guys thought I was from, you know, Bay Harbor. That's cool. I was like, dang, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then we met this lady who was like uber rich, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. My wife and I are trying to figure out how much she's, Mamie's like, you know that handbag she's got there? Mm. That's about 30 grand. Oh, wow. Really? I was like, whoa, they're going to be making some money for Nehemiah. Yeah, that's great. But it was a blessing. It was a great night. God was really, it's just amazing to see all these rich people so on fire for doing something in the community for Jesus. That's nice. But uh, yeah, it was a great night. And uh, I think we represented Harbor Light well. Thank you. Yeah, we were there. Jeremy uh, Wills was there. Uh -huh. We sat next to him and yeah, we had a good time. What a good man. All right. So anyways, let me get back to our things that you could talk about around the table. Which, oh, that's why I was saying that is because I, I use one of our stories to talk around the table. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I use it myself. Uh, okay. So uh, on the list of things that we have that you can share around the table, this is a really interesting one. And I, I looked it up and I saw the commercial and I watched people actually eating this thing. But Burger King is dishing out a 20 slice tall all cheeseburger in Thailand. There's no meat on it. It's just all cheese. 20 slices of cheese. 20 slices of cheese. It's basically... <laughs> it's basically, it's basically a grilled cheese sandwich. So people are going to be kind of backed up yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. I mean, that's 20 slices of cheese. <laughs> if you look at this thing, it is like the size of two Big Macs on top of each other, but it's all cheese in the center. It's ridiculous. Wow. And so they're selling it in Thailand for $3.10. Okay. You can get this <laughs> lactose intolerant burger. 
Okay. You know, that if, if wow. I ate it, I'd be in trouble. But uh-huh. Burger King uh, put out this new dish in Thailand. It's causing a bit of a meltdown for foodies, no pun intended. The fast food joint seemed to abandon its have-it-your-way model when it uh, <laughs> debuted a totally cheeseburger on its Facebook page for the Thailand region over the weekend. Uh, this is no joke. This is for real, it said. The brand wrote, according to a Facebook translation, the post showed off a melty 20 slices of American cheese sandwich between a classic sesame seed bun with no meat, veggies, or condiments in sight. It was just all cheese and bun. Yeah, what condiment do you put on a cheese? Right. What do you put on it? You can't. I mean, right. it's like a grilled cheese. I mean, I wouldn't put anything on a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh-huh. Well, except Pastor I- Matt would put on ranch. He would, for real. <laughs> he loves ranch on everything. That's nasty. Yeah, I think he has ranch on his cereal. Oh, you know, uh, I did learn Joe Lucier. Uh-huh. He makes he makes by far the best grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay, and he uses uh, bacon grease mm. after he's already buttered the after bread. After he's buttered, he's it. buttered the bread on both sides. Then he puts a, then he fries them up in bacon grease. Wow, it is. <laughs> It is die for. That's awesome. We had those at, at Free Life one time, and I'm just like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I told my wife about it. I'm like, start saving the bacon grease because right. we need to do that. Right. So, if you, you know, this might come to the States. We're not sure yet. This is just featured in Thailand, but eventually it may come here at some point. But you might want to try the 20 slices of cheese on that's, a bun. And, yeah, it's crazy. And then be prepared to run to the bathroom. Um, Actually, I. Th- I- wouldn't it do the opposite? Wouldn't it make it constipated? Doesn't well, if you're lactose like, intolerant. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. For me, like if I eat ice cream, like mm-hmm. we go to get ice cream in Indian River, we better like have like five before minutes you get to top and it yeah. be your. <laughs> I'm like, where's the rest area? There's like, a rest area between Indian River and Top and be. <laughs> right. The car's pulled over, had your lights around, and Alex is in the woods. <laughs> Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Uh, I'm only yeah. laughing because I've had that happen. But go ahead. Yeah. It <clears throat> isn't it weird how it just comes on all of a sudden? Oh yeah. There's like no warning. Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking Danger, Will Rogers. Yeah, Danger. enjoying life, and then all of a sudden, bam. Yeah. I can't touch cheese without having issues. Hmm. And it's one of my favorite things to eat. Um, the next one is that uh, it's an interesting uh, story about an Atlanta man who tried, in Atlanta, Georgia, tried to attempt to rob a nail salon. <laughs> but as he's attempting to rob the nail salon, nobody believed that it was a robbery. Uh, a man's attempt to rob an Atlanta nail salon last week uh, didn't go as planned after the patrons basically ignored him as he's standing there saying he has a gun in his hand. And if you watch, if you watch the videos from the, from the salon, he's like, Hey, you know, this is a holdup. Give me all your money, going to the till, trying to get money. And then the nail tech is standing there like, like putting stuff into the computer, like totally ignoring him. (laughs) The people sitting there are ignoring him. And he's like, I got a gun. And he keeps saying it. He's like, I got a gun in my hand. Give me your money. And they wouldn't do anything. He kept saying it. It was like five minutes. Finally, the guy gets ticked, you know, kind of looks at him like, I'm not getting anything out of this deal. Walks out the front door. The lady who was at the front desk calls the police and they show up and, and grab him. But <laughs> the guy's standing there for five minutes trying to convince people that he's going to take their money and nobody is convinced. That's crazy. So uh, the, the nail tech basically was interviewed by the local a TV station, WAGA, and she said, well, what were we going to do? It didn't really matter to us. And, and the, the people in the news uh, cast were like, what do you mean it didn't matter to you? The guy had a gun. She goes, we didn't know that for sure. And when we were too busy, we didn't have time to talk to him. <laughs> like, uh, I think there's a translational problem because, yeah. I mean, most of the nail salons my wife's been in, there's the translational issues, right? There, there can be. There, there are people yeah. from other countries, and sometimes they may not always understand. So maybe maybe he was speaking the wrong language. Maybe he's saying, you know, to them. They're but like, I don't know. Like, if you if you wave the gun, that's its own universal language. He never that? took it out, though. Oh, okay. He had it in his pocket. Oh, Okay. 
I don't know if he, he was just saying I have a gun. He, has, he kept saying I have a gun, yeah. and he didn't show the gun. There you go. So that's you know the you're, you know this is the universal language for shotguns. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. I mean, you hear that sound? You're like, uh. Yep. There, that's yeah. a shotgun. I know that. I think if you would have pulled the gun out, maybe it might have been a different story. But yeah, that's I don't know crazy. why he didn't do that. He wasn't thinking it through. Well, that's cool. So yeah, if, you know, note to self: if you're going to uh, try to rob any place, make sure you have the have the firearm in hand or be a little more convincing. Apparently, this guy. Had no problems with it. But anyways, uh, let's uh, take an ID break. We're back. rapture ready with your favorite host today pastor gary and pastor alex norton as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more come all you down you crazy cats all right. So Rapture Ready News. Uh, this is actually a story that we talked about, I think, last year, but it has an update. And I thought it was interesting uh, to bring it up. There was a question that was uh, talked about during the Rapture series uh, that was just thrown out there. And Pastor Gary answered it. But uh, we have some backup to what he said. Uh, people ask in the Rapture uh, class that he did was, how will every eye see Jesus Christ at the second coming? Mm. If you're different time zones, different parts of the world, you know, everybody's not everybody's going to see it. Well, according to an update from our last uh, conversation about Google Satellite that they were looking to try to purchase called Skybox, they've now added uh, a new company called Titan Aerospace. Uh, the internet television and television make that uh, possible us to see everything. Nine years ago, Google started its satellite push buying Skybox for $500 million, And now, uh, basically, the whole point was to show... Uh, everything in real time globally, you know, no matter where you're at. Okay. Uh, but now Google has acquired Titan Aerospace, a company originally sought by Facebook as a means to bring internet to remote parts of the globe. Uh, Titan Aerospace makes drones, which can stay aloft for extended periods of times. Uh, the drones, which fly uh, well above the altitude where commercial aircraft fly and below where satellites orbit can beam an internet signal from space but for Google, this may be about more than just internet, as the drones may also be useful in Google's mapping services and making sure that the world comes together as one. Um, it's interesting because when they get this technology figured out, they're saying it's another four or five years down the road, it will give us near real time anywhere in the world. Wow. So you get on the internet, you can see what's happening halfway across the world, you know, where you never thought you could possibly see something at the same time. Right. And it could all be seen at, at the same time by everybody. Uh, and, and it really speaks to the fact, you know, when we look at the idea that Jesus, when he comes back, that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, every eye will see, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The idea is that we will all know he's here at the same time, even right. though we may hear the trumpet and everybody hears the trumpet. Yeah, I just looked this up. There are 7,702 satellites in our Earth's orbit right now. Right now. 7,000. Yeah. And they have a little picture here, and they have the dot on the, you know, the globe mm -hmm. from where it's located it's just basically we're peppered with dots yeah 
that I heard that uh, NASA was starting to get a little bit frustrated because now we have space debris. We right. have so much stuff up there, it's getting cluttered. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Elon Musk uh, was just talking about how they're going to start a company that will go up and clean that out. And so basically the idea is that they're going to have something up there that pushes it out into the uh, out of our orbit so it goes away. Oh, really? Into the, yeah, so we can get the clutter out of there. But yeah, there's there's a lot of dead satellites up there that have been around for a long time. They're yeah. just floating around. Right. That's uh, just 7,702 active right. satellites. So, so maybe there's dead ones up there that we're not aware of. Well, there was one that they were talking about that just fell that China put up a long time ago that fell. Okay. okay. Uh, I think it was a year ago, two years ago, uh-huh. and uh, fell over by Australia. Okay. But yeah, I mean they're they're up there, and eventually their their orbit decays and they start coming down to the earth. But mm. most of the time they just break up and they don't really bother anybody. But okay, sometimes you get a bigger one up there and it's going to cause oh. some problems. But yeah, I was uh, I was near the location when the Skylab came down. Were you really? Yeah, I got to see it uh, fuming up. Uh, you know, when it hit the water, yeah, and um, caused a giant fume of water coming, oh up, boiling gosh, water yeah. coming right up out of the ocean. That'd be freaky. Yeah, they're flying a C one ten over top of it for <laughs> an hour. It was crazy. It's like, what the heck is yeah. happening? Yeah, we, we were on vacation actually, and they gave a warning on the TV: watch out for falling debris, debris from space. Really? That was a legit warning. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never I've never seen it, but I mean, if watched videos of things coming into the atmosphere, but mm-hmm. it's amazing how they just kind of burn up and just a bear, you know, when they get in the atmosphere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, has some credibility to think about this, that mm-hmm. our culture is trying to move in that direction to where everything will be lined up to where you can see everything at the same time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, I know that uh, uh, my son was telling me that uh, there's a, a website that's, that's connected to sky news that you can go in and you can watch, real-time news in other places mm-hmm. because the cameras are on all the time. And so you can see it at your time. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, you get to see what's happening all around the world. I, I was just noticing this. So I have this little feature on my keys, so I keep it fr- from losing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, you, with my phone, I can make it beep and then I can find my keys. And I thought, I thought it was just working, you know, by proximity. Yeah. But now I went onto the website and realized that every once in a while they'll, they know where the keys are at. Yeah. At, in its last location. So it's actually sending a signal all uh, the time all the time yeah i didn't even realize that was happening it's a it's a great convenience right but they can find you yeah yep yeah it you know it, it makes me wonder though you know that malaysian plane that went down mm. nobody's yeah. nobody yeah. still ever found it yet yeah isn't it amazing how we yeah. can lose some some things so easily right right under your nose but they know everything about everything else right <laughs> it's like the stuff they don't want you to know about we lost it my wife showed me on my iphone that there's a feature on there that tracks your daily progress mm. like it it's connected to your maps mm-hmm. so it, it tells you like locations where you've been at and gives you a time signature and a yeah. possible location and then you throw it into an ai program that right they can predict your activity because you've got a long history of you know going to bed at the same time basically in the same location you know right they know exactly what's coming next yeah well you know that stupid hobby horse story we talked about a couple weeks ago yeah i have been getting nonstop hobby horse videos <laughs> from tiktok and instagram <laughs> And I'm like, I... Okay, so here's here's one that happened to us the other day. Yeah. So Lisa Kay got a package in the mail. She didn't say it out loud what the package was. Yeah. But her phone was close to it. Her phone then lit up with an ad for what was in that box. What? So it either knew what had been sent to her house and when it showed up and or her phone took a picture of what was going on in the room without her knowing it. That's crazy. You're like, uh, What? Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Bucci uh, was telling me uh, that your phone is the worst thing that was ever invented for your privacy. Exactly. Because the government can find you everywhere you go, knows everything about you. Yep. And he's like, you know, if you want to go off the grid, get rid of the cell phone. Yeah, there's no way you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, yeah, if you can't have it near you, by you, on your person, in your house, they can find you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Because it's so convenient, right? You have it with you all the time. Yeah. But they know everything about you. Well, and we're getting into that time of uh, life where, you know, in season of, of history. human history where, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be able to show real-time uh, information that's going on around the world. It's not, we don't have to wait till the evening news or the day after. Did we, we talk find about out this right last now. week, with, you know, the 15-minute cities? Did we talk about that? No. Yeah, they got this new thing um, in the future. You're not going to be able to travel 15 uh, minutes away from your house or 15 miles away from your house uh, without permission. Really? And if you do... They'll just shut down your bank account, and they can track you because you have your phone. They know exactly where you are. What? That's that, apparently that is coming our way. Is that associated with that Fed thing we talked about? I don't know. Where the Feds uh, are trying to take over the the economy by getting everything under one debit card and yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You won't be able to travel without permission outside of a fifteen minute radius of your house. Well, it makes sense because I mean they were just talking about. In a press conference that, uh, what's that guy's name? That uh, is, no, 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 the guy that is uh, part of the cabinet who is in charge of, uh, <laughs> can't think of his name. Buttigieg. Buttigieg, yeah. Uh, they're talking about, that's why the reason why they want to get rid of gas vehicles, because the capability of them to control the vehicle yep. is not available to gas vehicles, but the electric vehicles, uh, if they want to stop, the police want to stop you, like if you're taking off, yeah, they can find you and stop your car without them having to go into a any, big chase. Yeah, any car built after a certain point, 80-something, yeah. they, can, they can just shut it off with an electronic impulse. Really? Yeah, they can just shut it down. You don't even have to have an OnStar system. That's just crazy. Yeah, they can do little isolated impulses, Yeah, electric impulses to shut down things. That's just nuts. So if you're trying to make a getaway and they want to stop you, they right. just go, Doop, and your car shuts off. Man. I'm going back to the horse and buggy. <laughs> Go back to the Amish life. Yeah. They can't sh- they can't shut down my horse. There you know, you I can take off with that thing. Well, that's it for uh, Rapture Ready News. Uh, you know, just something to keep in the, the forefront. I mean, you know, this stuff is coming out, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a geek, and I get a little excited about it. But then when I put it in the framework of what's happening towards the end times, it kind of has a different look all of a sudden. It's not as exciting as it would seem. And uh, it's something to uh, just consider that, you know, we're getting to that place where, you know, all eyes will be able to see the second coming of Christ. And our technology is making it more and more possible to do that. So uh, keep that in your prayer time. You know, God help me to uh, be careful of what I allow in my life, the influences that I allowed in my life because of convenience. And, uh, you know, just, just always be thinking about that. We'll be right back. Hey, don't worry. More podcasts will be back in just a second. The Dam Side Inn is an historic restaurant located in Pelston, Michigan. Nestled next to the North's most scenic majesty, it offers a picturesque setting and a charming ambiance. The restaurant serves a delicious array of old country dining with its rustic charm and scenic surroundings. Making the Dam Side Inn at 6705 Woodland Road, Pelston, your next stop to make memories as a family for generations to come. The Dam Side Inn. <coughs> oh, the, <laughs> every time. 
<laughs> Edit. <coughs> I'm going to quit smoking up here. Um, so uh, we're into Harbor Light Bible Trivia, and, uh, you know, there was a great question last week, but we only had one person answer it. Oh, really? Yeah, Joe Taft. Okay. He had the everything you asked for, the, the heading and what was about going on in there. So Joe Tath is uh, one of our winners this week for swag. Uh, if you are wondering where your swag is, uh, like I mentioned in the uh, post in the Facebook, um, we have swag out in the, the foyer on Sunday. And uh, if you know that you've won, you know, it's, we trust you. That's what we do here at this, at this podcast. More podcasts trust you. Uh, you can grab an item of, of one of the swag gifts and uh, that way you can have it because sometimes I can't always find people. I, you know, I try on Sunday, but you know, when it happens every Sunday, I get ready to leave my section to go around, you know, and it's like you, you get stopped 50 times, which is fine. You want to see everybody, but you never get to where you really want to go to, to give somebody something. And then after church, everybody's out of here uh, getting ready for the next service. So it's always difficult to get that swag out there. But we put it out there, and uh, we also want to highlight that we have a new swag gift, which I think is amazing. I saw it. It was really cool. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Yeah. The Huggable Jesus, mm-hmm. which you can now, if, you know, if you're having one of those days and you just need to feel the presence of Jesus in your life in a real way, okay. there's a plush version of him that's available now. You that, can put them around your wrist. I saw that, and I'm like... Uh, Pastor Alex, I know we trust people here, but these are going to be pretty tempting. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, I was thankful for your wife because Lisa Kay was like, uh, people would walk by there and looking at him and she's like, oh, no, that's for the podcast, you know. Uh-huh. And then the people are like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I thank her for helping us. But yeah, those are available for you uh, over there. And uh, definitely, if you've won, uh, grab your your swag. Uh, we have all kinds of things. We still have hats and beanies from Wilson Insurance. And then we have the Huggable Jesus. We have uh, stuff from the Damn Side Inn out there. Uh, and then we also have a lot of those uh, summertime uh, water koozies that you can get your hands on still. And uh, I will say that uh, people have been doing something fun with them. They've been taking them with them wherever they go and they take pictures of it and send it to me. And then I put it on the Facebook. Oh, cool. Cool. So we had uh, Ben in Alaska, sent us some stuff. Uh, Dave Carafino was on his boat and he showed us his, his uh, koozie on the boat, you know? Nice. So yeah. yeah, that's cool. So they're making it out there. So uh, we have a new question. And if you are looking to answer this question, please send it into Harbor Light Bible trivia, at gmail.com Harbor Light Bible, Harbor Light Bible trivia, at gmail.com all lowercase. And uh, let us know what you think the answer is. Last week's answer was, it was about the morsel, the woman, the dog, dog yeah. lady. Yeah. And you said that she was given something. <laughs> crumbs? Crumbs, yes, crumbs. from the table. Yes. yes. That okay. was the answer. Crumbs oh. from the table. Okay. And uh, Jesus uh, said that, you know, she said to Jesus, even, you know, even dogs get crumbs from the table. Yes. And uh, you actually answered that during your sermon. Right. And so if people were listening, they would have mm-hmm. gotten the answer on that. Yep. Uh, so this week though, we have a, yes, we have a question that is going to be a setup for what's coming on the 20th of August. So, so that's the best I can do. And that is, um, there are gifts that Jesus gives the church. Mm -hmm. Remember the church is his bride. So these are like wedding gifts. Okay. Okay. So what are the wedding gifts that Jesus gives to the church? there are five of them. And what is that? What, what are those gifts for? What are those gifts for? Yep. Now, will we look in <clears throat> Ephesians for that? We would. Okay. Okay. So it's it's in Ephesians somewhere, mm-hmm. and there's you said five. Yes, there are five gifts. Five gifts that Jesus gives his bride, and what what are those gifts for? 
And what are those gifts for? So that's the que- that's the question. And uh, I'm sure somebody will definitely get this answer. Okay. Because we have a lot of Bible students out there. Yes. And I appreciate how they, they look this stuff up. They'll find it. So if you have the answer to that, um, these gifts and the five gifts that are mentioned in Ephesians and what do, what are they good for, uh, send it to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. And uh, let us know. And uh, what I'll do is I'll send you an email back saying, yeah, you got it right. And then, you know, on Sunday, come and get your swag and or ask me and we'll make sure you're taken care of. But but that Jesus, that little Jesus guy, is he available for that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when we talked about like what our swag would be, uh-huh. you know, initially we were talking about t-shirts, right? Right. But we want something that's a little more memorable, right? Yeah. Because that's an odd thing. And then people are like, where are you getting that from? You know, like more podcast. Okay. I would have liked to get our moniker on it somewhere or our names or something, but yeah, you can't do that. Okay. But, and it would be kind of weird to have Jesus is back. Jesus is wearing different promotional materials <laughs> while on his robe and Jesus, sash. Yeah. Jesus has got a big, like, he's like a race car driver. You yeah. Know, yeah. And he's got, he's got, his, he's got his, uh, you know, sandals on. It's got a big logo <laughs> on the side of a sandal. Yeah. This is a promotional Jesus. More podcast sandals. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll come back with, uh, our Bible talk and, uh, we'll see you in just a second. want you to know God more deeply find lasting freedom discover your destiny and make an eternal difference you're listening to more podcast That's the only break track that when we're driving the car listening to the podcast, my wife's like, yeah. Oh, really? She She loves it. Yeah. Rocking her head. She loves that. (laughs) She's like, did you, did you write that? And I'm like, no. Okay. No, we, we, you know, we're, we've moved to the next level. Okay. So we have people that write the music for us. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when we run the credits at the end of the show that we can listen for who actually did it. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's all royalty free, right? We Mm -hmm. paid for the royalty rights. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, yeah, we've moved up to the next level. That's why we got the good stuff. Uh, well, last Sunday, we ended a seven-week series on unjust or on Jesus like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we ended the last sermon about, uh, about a dog woman. Yes. About Jesus basically calling a woman a dog. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, the first service, you did really well. Didn't have any $20 mistakes. Yes. Second service, you <laughs> let it go. You went for it. I did. Yeah. Yep. I can't even remember what it was about. Oh, it was when Lisa tries to take over the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I have to wrestle it back from her. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. That That's not even a joke, but that's true. That's, a, that's expensive. That's yeah, an expensive $20. insight. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I looked at Amy. I was like, uh, you have 20 bucks? Because She's like, I don't have any cash with me. I'm like, the guy needs help. He just, yeah. he just blew it. He did mm. it. One, the first service, he was first fine. First service was good. Second service, he just let it go. Yeah. You know, hopefully... You know, sometimes I've noticed that Lisa K is so involved with the computer, she doesn't always catch right. what you're what, saying. Yeah, right. she's thinking ahead. Right, so you mm-hmm. can, Say you can some slide stuff. some stuff by, and then she's like, what What did you happen? You right, know? yeah. Not this case. She, I, she was looking right at yeah, me. I noticed that she paid attention really close. Uh-huh. I think she was hoping, you know. I think <laughs> she, she wanted yeah. me to. She needs 20 yeah. bucks. She's like, I got ideas for that $20. Yeah. Well, in this passage, uh, we see a woman who is desperate for Jesus' help for her daughter. And, uh, you know, it leads to the question, Pastor Gary, what, what do you think interactions and persistence can teach us about faith 
and prayer. Uh, I think that was something you brought up right away in the story. Yeah. What do you What do you think from that? Well, um, I do know that um, as believers and living in the times in which we do, we we expect things so fast that instant gratification and you know we we just have all of the conveniences of speed in our life. And when it comes to faith, uh, many times you know it's the Lord could be testing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are some growth opportunities for us, and when we don't get it right away, we just seem to move on or yeah. or fall into some type of an alternate or some kind of an option to get that problem taken care of some other way. And so our our faith isn't very um, persistent. You know, it's yeah. just not very long term. And uh, and so I think that was a really key point for us to realize that we can pray about something more than one time. And sometimes God's testing us to see how serious we are to it and what we can be learning along the way um, on not having things answered so fast for us. So that was the point that I was really trying to make. I got to tell you, Pastor Alex, um, when I was planning this series out, um, I threw this one on the end of the series. I I didn't really have like super high hopes that it Mm. was going to be, you know, an amazing uh, talk or anything like yeah. that, but the Lord grabbed the hold of this thing, yeah. and we had a number of people who uh, came to the service for the very first time visiting Harbor Light. Uh, a couple of them had been uh, believers for more than forty years, so they'd heard you know a couple thousand sermons. <clears throat> we got word that this was the best sermon they've ever heard in their yeah. entire life. So it was the Holy good. Spirit grabbed it and did something amazing with it. I you know uh, the couple things that jumped out to me when you first started talking was. I got this uh, this sermon title, When the Wrong Person Hears the Gospel Message. Oh, okay. And I was thinking about the twist that you had in there, mm-hmm. the fact that the disciples should have knew what was really going on, and they failed the test. Yeah. But the woman, who had virtually not a lot of experience with Jesus, is the one that passed it. Yes. And it was just, it really, uh, it seemed to me kind of a, an interesting dichotomy that, that somebody that doesn't, shouldn't have heard the message, heard the message and understood it. Mm-hmm. more than the person that did yeah. or should have. Yeah. And uh, that was really interesting. We had a number of people also say that, you know, great is your faith, he says to the woman at the yeah. end. And he says to the disciples in, I think it was Matthew 10, he says, you have little faith. Yeah, you don't messed up. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so um, they love the contrast between those two statements. Yeah. And uh, that would just back up what you're saying right there. Yeah. She, no, she yeah. should not have been able to grab a hold of it. No, them, not at all. But she did. And she, yeah. And, and the other thing is uh, you mentioned a story that I thought was really interesting about how uh, when you're talking about this persistent faith and prayer about how God moves a lot of times in other countries because mm-hmm. they have nothing else. The desperation is so, so palpable. It's there as opposed to America where we have options mm-hmm. and uh, how that sometimes it does affect God's uh, conversation with us about a certain situation or how the effect happens. I thought that was interesting. That was something that really uh, spoke to me a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I had a number of people who uh, were born and raised in other countries after the service come up and talk to me and verify that fact. That, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, one one gentleman uh, who was born and raised is a Jamaican, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, oh, man, that point was super powerful, and that is true, that, uh, you know, Americans, we have options with sub-options and yeah. even maybe third-level options to whatever our problem is. But uh, in Jamaica or even other countries, there's only one option. That's Jesus intervening, and uh, that, so their faith is much greater. Yeah, it made me really th- think about that because it's it's so true that, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of times we hear people say, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for you, you know. And, and as a person receiving that, that 
concept that they're praying for us, you know, in your mind, you're like, oh, thank you very much. But at the same time, you're like, I can't wait to the doctor's appointment by tomorrow, or I got to, you know, get my medication filled at the at Walgreens or whatever. It, it seems to be the uh, uh, automatic response to that kind of concept. And it, that's what really spoke to me about the whole thing is that uh, our sense of desperation for Jesus to do something like the woman, she had no other options. Yeah. Uh, we kind of tend to do that with Jesus. We're like, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a great little extra, but really we're just going to go with this option. Something and, yeah. I didn't talk about, um, but we have a woman interacting with a Jewish rabbi mm-hmm. and um, th- that's, that's like off limits. Not only yeah. was she a Gentile, but she's a woman um, interacting with a, with a rabbi man. Um, and we see the woman with the issue of blood do the same thing. She's willing to take giant risks mm-hmm. Uh, cutting through the crowd, touching people when she yeah. shouldn't touch them to get to Jesus, that desperation level. Uh, isn't it amazing? That impresses Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, people that are like you're, you're mentioning people that don't understand uh, sometimes the context of that situation. Uh, rabbis uh, would not want to be unclean mm-hmm. by a possible woman coming and touching them because then it would have to cause them to go through a ritual of cleansing and all this other stuff. Uh, and then it was also a situation where they didn't want to look like they were in a compromised position. Right. Uh, and that's why Jesus is so profound when he goes to the woman at the well yeah. and sits with her. That's why the disciples are like, you want us to stick around? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of moments like where Jesus would do this mm-hmm. uh, and and just kind of proving, you know, going against the traditional idea of this stuff. Yeah, he was a rule yeah. breaker. That's for he sure. He was definitely a rule breaker. So that's why, like you said, the, the woman uh, kind of was stepping out of place mm-hmm. to talk to Jesus. And I could imagine, like you mentioned on Sunday, why the disciples might have been a little ticked about it. Yeah. Uh, the woman in the story, uh, we, we've already said, is a Gentile, and uh, Jesus initially seemed to dismiss her. And Pastor, you talked about how, given us this visual of Jesus actually looking away from her, not really interacting with her at all, talking to the disciples. Uh, why do you think Jesus uh, responded that way, and what can we learn from his response? Yeah, so I think that, uh, again, he's testing them, and um, it was really fun to be able to show that uh, the position of Jesus, where he's facing, who he's looking at, um, really plays into the story. And um, he's almost kind of like throwing these comments out over his shoulder to the woman that's behind him uh, about her um, in the face of the disciples. And the disciples, I, I'm sure he's reading their face to see if they're mm-hmm. on board with him or if they're um, siding with uh, you know, their traditions or whatever it might be. And uh, so he's saying things and then reading their body language, reading their facial, facial expressions to be able to see where they're at to expose their heart. And... Um, and then to have her get up and then go to Jesus again mm-hmm. gives us the, you know, the fact that this is most probably what happened. Yeah. He was facing away from her. And uh, so he's just testing us. He tests us constantly yeah. to see yeah. where we're at. And, uh, you know, up to this point, I even brought this up and it was a lot of fun. Is to, you know, not long before that, they're told, go gospel, you know, preaching. Yeah. But don't go to the Gentiles. Right. And now here we are. They're failing a test because a Gentile is coming for help. Right, and uh, so maybe they got the wires crossed, or or they were just falling back on the traditional view of Gentiles as dogs. Yeah, but it was a big test. You know, think about what happens in your life, Pastor Alex. Yeah. do you feel like God goes quiet sometimes? Oh yeah. Why Why do you think He goes quiet? I, I think a lot of times I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. Right. I mean, that's one example. Okay. Uh, a lot of times I'm not uh, understanding. Mm-hmm. Maybe what I should be understanding. Okay. Uh, for me, that's a lot of times what it is. I, I think most of the time when I find myself in a dry place, mm-hmm. because I'm not listening and paying attention, I'm not doing the things that uh, create the relationship that should be there. Um, but 
Um, and I think that Holy Spirit, like you've mentioned before, is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself into the conversation. They're going to bust the door open and say, listen, you're not talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to wait for you to get yourself in that posture to, you know, for yourself and actually have a conversation again, get into the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's part of it. What do you, what do you think? Well, I, th- I think this probably happens to you as it does to me. So, you know, I'm, I'm preparing for a talk and, um, I've got all the material in front of me. I've, I've oh, okay, bathed yeah. myself yeah, in the material. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, what's the point you want to make here? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then he doesn't always answer right like, away. What? And then, and then you just have to press in and it's like, God, really? Yeah. I really want to hear what you want. What do you want me to say? And then you have to focus your thoughts, focus your attention onto the Lord yeah. and your Holy Spirit radar to be able to hear him and, uh, and then go in that direction. So I have that happen yeah. to me almost every single week where I'll get to a point where, yep, I've got lots of information here, but this is not what you want to say. Yeah. What do you want me to say? And then I have to, then I have to press, yeah. then I have to, to focus, and then I have to be persistent and then listen. Mm-hmm. And you, you're exactly right. We do a very poor job of listening as, as believers in the modern times. You get, you get kind of wrapped up in your understanding agenda. Uh, I, I know what you're saying now. I mean, what you were, were you referring to, I think, you know, sometimes when that's happened to me, uh, what happens a lot of times is that I get up there and I'm preaching and I'm saying something, but there is always this, this thing that pops up all of a sudden, like the Holy Spirit just like highlights something mm-hmm. and like, no, this is the emphasis right here. Mm-hmm. This other stuff is interesting, but this emphasis is here. Uh, it happened with the last sermon I did with the pigs. I mean, you know, I thought it was an interesting archeological information, Yeah. but then as I'm standing there in the pulpit, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is way more. Mm. This is talking about compromise yeah. happening within the people. Isn't That's that, why, yeah. Isn't that cool? I was really proud of you when you brought that out too. Yeah, that was just so, that was like a Holy Spirit thing at that point. I mean, I, I remember reading the article and all this other stuff, but the emphasis was on that whole idea of this compromise, mm-hmm. which led to a lot of other issues that were going on in the community. Yeah. Um, and like you've mentioned before, these, the, you call them the downloads that happen when you're, you're preaching. I, I think a lot of times when Holy Spirit does that, there's a reason for it because I, I think. You know, in our intellect and understanding and, and maybe even ego gets involved with the process, you know, we're like, yeah, I've got all this good stuff I'm going to share with you and we're going to go through what I need to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Holy Spirit a lot of times is like, no, I just need to focus on this one thing because right. this is what needs to be preached. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of just like waters it all back down, you know. Yeah. For you, I, I think it's, I think you're kind of in a good situation because you're an extrovert thinker. Mm-hmm. For me, all my notes are right there and I'm like, what are you doing to me? You're changing <laughs> it right now? Yeah. Couldn't have said this two weeks ago, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, the Lord has grown that in my life. Okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, it is fun in the moment to be able to have some insight w- that he gives you mm-hmm. that did happen on Sunday. Uh, but you're exactly right. And I think this ap- applies to people that are not just speaking pastors, but to all of us that we can get what we think the Lord wants or, or we wanted to impress people with our abilities or whatever it is. And that's far from what the Lord really needs to happen at that yeah. moment. And to be, you know, to be uh, aware that he can um, say, hey, no, this is where the emphasis needs to be. Yeah. Right? Um, you, you remember on Sunday, so I, I gave the illustration or the, the the thing that happened in my life where I had a chance to do a couple of fifth steps, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's a real account of what happened in my life connected with two different gentlemen. And um, I'm telling you what, the room was captivated oh, yeah. by those two uh, contrasting experiences. Yeah. Uh, that was a real powerful story that you shared with the, the two men. And I, and I think what's interesting is when, uh, you move in that direction, allow Holy Spirit to move you in that direction. Um, isn't it funny how you, you are getting everything together and you're like, this is what people are going to really dig into because mm-hmm. I can just sense it. Mm-hmm. And then you get out there and you're ready mm-hmm. to preach it. And they're like tying into stuff that you're like, what? Right. That was like a minor point. Yeah. 
And they're like, that really spoke to me. And you're like, well, okay, great. You know, yeah. but you're like, I spent like three hours on this one idea, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to figure this out. And that's what you, you know. Yeah. But uh, getting back to the idea with the disciples, uh, having a different perspective. I, I think that happens with us now in, in the church too, because I think as we look at the word and Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, sometimes we tie ourselves to understanding and tradition, religious ideas and whatever. And, and we get confronted by a culture that's, doing other things. Mm-hmm. And then they, they come and confront us in a sense by showing up to our doors, showing up to our services. And it's almost like you do find yourself on the other side with the disciples going, come on, Jesus. Right. Are you really going to let this happen? I mean, like yeah. for real, you know what they did. Yeah. You know what they did. And you know that this person is doing this and everything else. Mm-hmm. Why are we even, you know, acknowledging this, playing around with this stuff? Let's stay away from it. Let's move on. Um, and, and I think as you were saying that, I'm like, that that's like where we are today. I mean, it's like really sort of a convicting idea that we should not allow ourselves to be so, you know, blinded, you know, by these things uh, and not become so religious mm-hmm. that we're not able to be uh, relational, right? Yeah. So going through that that little list, which I had peppered with humor, I thought, in there, you know, like I bet you 50 shekels that she's yeah. oh, yeah. of, you know, or I bet you she got... Got pregnant in the back of that chariot. Yeah, right? that was a good one. Yeah, so good. Um, I threw a little Pastor Alex humor in there. Yeah. And, um, but um, I think that there were a lot of people that were identifying mm-hmm. with that thought process, right? Yeah. And uh, th- that could be a temptation that we have in the church today. Um, yeah. And I really felt Holy Spirit wanted me to bring up the emphasis that, yes, there are going to be people who are lost in the, what I call the alphabet soup approach mm-hmm. to lifestyle. And, uh, and they're going to wake up at some point and realize this is not working. Right. You know, I had this, I had this, uh, you know, cosmetic surgery and it didn't make me into a different person. Right. Um, this isn't working. Now I'm going to turn to Jesus and we have to be ready as a church to help them, um, find the freedom that Christ Jesus has for them. Even if they've gone through a lot of, um, traumatic stuff in their life. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that we need to open the door and let everyone in with their agenda and their whole alphabet soup approach to things. But those that are turning to Jesus for the real answers, we got to be ready for them. Yeah. Uh, it really made me think of a, a story, a testimony in my own life. Uh, my wife and I, when we were in one of our churches, we had a, uh, a transgender man come to my office dressed as a woman, Okay, come to my office and his name is George. Uh, he came in and he said, I want to come to church. I really feel like I, I need to connect with Jesus. I grew up in a church and then I walked away and I want to come back to church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. I said, just give me, do me one thing. Mm-hmm. I said, if you come to church, I don't want you dressing like a woman. Mm-hmm. You can dress dress like a man, and you'd be more than welcome to be a part of the church. It doesn't change the way I think about you, but it's too much. It's too much for people to to mm-hmm. come in contact with. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think I could do that. So he came to church one Sunday himself, and he wasn't dressed like his normal mm-hmm. outfit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to bring my family back here. And I didn't re- I didn't know he had a family, but he had a wife and four other kids. And wow. so they come back to church, and they mm-hmm. were part of it. And uh, Every now and then in the, in the town, I would see him dressed like he normally is because he would live his life as a woman in regular, you know, everyday activities. Okay. But it was interesting because everybody in the church knew who George was. Yes. They've seen him. Mm-hmm. They knew that this was happening. And so the first Sunday, I got people coming up to me going, are you serious? Mm-hmm. You're going to let him in this church mm-hmm. after what he does all through the week? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's coming in. He's abiding by one of the only rules I ask him to do, mm-hmm. which is not to dress like a woman when he comes to church. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a struggle. And uh, eventually, you know, people are like, okay, I guess we're going to have to deal with this because, you know, the pastor, you know, said we should just kind of deal with it. <laughs> and he came in there and, you know, eventually God began to work in his heart. And I remember uh, one day he came to my office and he brought in uh, one of these lady bags that has a little makeup and stuff in it. Okay. And he's like, here, I'm not going to need this anymore. 
And I, I was like in tears because yeah. it was like a shocking moment. Your eyes are glassing up right now. I was now. glassing up, yeah. And uh, he said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And he said, I'm going to stop doing that. He goes, I realized that I wasn't doing the right thing. Wow. And his wife called me and she's like, I've been praying for this for a long time. Yes. And so he started coming to church and eventually moved away from the area. But um, yeah, just to see that happen. But it, it really spoke to me like what you were saying on Sunday, this idea that sometimes we get the test wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. We're looking at it through eyes of religion and we're like, Mm-mm, no way. We know this is wrong. This person is not, should not be near us, not, should not be, you know, dirtying up the the good looks of what we are, you know, with this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you just mentioned, you know, as we get closer to the end times, we're going to see more and more people that realize, come to this awareness and realize the need to get it right. Yep. And they're going to show up at some point yep. with these situations. Mm-hmm. And only one's going to be able to figure it out is obviously Jesus. But we have a part in that process, which is, okay, are we yep. going to shut the door in their face or are we going to say, come on in? Right. You know, I want you to hear the message. Yep. I, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think there's anything wrong with us. Continue to hold the line of what the word says yeah. and calling people to live that if they're serious, yeah. if they're serious about getting right with Jesus, they're, they're willing to take those steps. Yeah. 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 And I know you have some stories about guys coming in that had tattoos and atheists and all sorts of stuff. I remember you sharing some stories about that a while back. Sure. Uh, it, it's just, it's amazing to see how God begins to change those things. But you know, as God's working on his people, we don't want to be on the wrong side of that conversation. Yeah. You know, I'd much get, rather be, be in the looking at Jesus's back than looking at his face and, yeah. and denying the fact that we should be doing what he's doing. Right. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. Um, so talking about the culture and societal barriers that played a role in this situation, you talked about the woman being a Gentile and all these other things. Um, what implications might this have for our interactions with people from different backgrounds? I know we just talked about this long story, but mm-hmm. what are some real ideas that we can begin to uh, take a hold of in our our current culture here in Harbor Springs, Petoskey, because we don't deal with a lot of the stuff that happens in the city, but we are, we're our approach with things. Yeah. You know, um, we have a city, you know, one hour away that yeah. is one of the leading um, small towns, I would say small town cities that is dealing with um, alphabet soup stuff on a whole other level, mm-hmm. that being Traverse City. And so it's not like it's far away. And um, the truth is that we have um, some of these challenges right in our own communities right yeah. here. And so um, to stick your head head in the sand and believe that it's not going to happen here would be dumb. We need to be ready. And I believe that Holy Spirit needs to prep us and get us ready um, to be able to minister. Um, I do I do believe strongly that uh, there is a whole pattern, which we will talk about in our next series, about um, what's happening in our world when it comes to people who have different ideas of gender uh, orientation and all those kind of things. There's a pattern that we see in the scripture, and we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to be wise on how we deal with it. So let's let's be here to minister yeah. to those that want to be ministered to. If they're not here to be ministered to, then that, then it's not going to work out. And and you know, just thinking about how God's already beginning to work with us by bringing in people from recovery groups and those kind of mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. it almost seems like God's gearing us up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preparing the soil. Yeah, this. Uh, you know, as we take a look at the scripture, we cannot deny the fact that. Uh, the one thing that the early church, they were given instruction is it's sexual perversion. You need to avoid, yeah. right? We don't let that in, you know, meat offered to idols. We can handle that. Yeah. You know, um, circumcision versus non-circumcision. We can handle that, yeah. but we don't, yeah. you know, we don't deal with this yeah. sexual perversion. And so we've got to be wise yeah. on what the scripture says. We got to be wise and responsive to Holy spirit as he gives us direction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you definitely, we were setting the groundwork for it. I think mm-hmm. people are very much aware yeah. 
of how we move in that direction. I'm really proud of our, our church community because we have, uh, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also began to understand this perspective of getting the test right. When we have people coming in the door that are not like us, mm-hmm. not a part of us. I mean, you come to this church, you have a wide spectrum of people from sure. different walks of life. Sure. And, and other churches, they may say, well, you know, this might not be the place for you. You know, you may not really fit very well here. We kind of like, you know what? We got a place for you. Come on in. You know, it'd be a part of it. Yeah. And I think that's that's really cool that we do that. And, and it's been said over and over again that this is the kind of community that we have. But it's not just coming from the pulpit. It's people. Yeah, that that's, are, where, yeah. that's where it really counts the most, right? It's when you can come to church and sit down next to somebody, maybe even maybe even slide over a seat closer mm-hmm. um, because they've got a big neck tattoo that says, you know, something, you know, it's got yeah. skulls or, a, oh, yeah. you know, a dragon or whatever it might be on, you know, the side of their face. Yeah. Come on over. Yeah. You know, I, unfortunately a lot of these guys that we're dealing with have to go right back to, um, you know, the recovery home. Yeah. It, but I think that people would be taking them out to lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That should, you know, if it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be something that'd be really cool to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, but definitely those guys that I talked to, they love Harbor Light. They love the people here. The atmosphere is created in the environment for saying you're important and uh, we want you to be a part. Yeah. And that's so powerful that many, many of these uh, people are trying to move to Northern Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a legit community, right? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're doing what we think Jesus has called us to do and we're trying to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And I think people can sense that. And I think that's important. I mean, we, we don't, play church. We, we try to be a church. We try to be the church as far as scripture you know, talks about. Mm-hmm. And we try not to even use that term. We're a community, yeah. community of believers. Right. Uh, and so that's, to me, has a deeper Isn't it fun that we live in a world where, um, you know, groups are always uh, redefining what words mean mm-hmm. and that the church actually has to do it a lot of times too, yeah. right? You know, because the word church can come up with all kinds of negative connotations. So then we have to be, okay, well, when we say church, we mean community, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the one, one last thing I know we're running out of time. I wanted to talk about that thing about the crumbs. Uh, the story highlights the theme of, of crumbs from the table, which was part of the question from last week, representing really God's abundant grace and mercy. But how can we find encouragement in this concept when we feel unworthy or un, unimportant? What was something about that situation? Wasn't that fun yeah. that uh, crumbs are connected to bread? Mm-hmm. Bread is connected to healing. Yeah. Um, Jesus says, why would I take you know the children's bread, mm-hmm. healing, and throw it to dogs, throw it to Gentiles, throw yeah. it to people who don't deserve it. And the woman is a very sharp woman. I don't think we give her enough credit. No. She's intelligent. She can she can uh, banter back and forth with wordplay. She can handle sarcasm. She can handle when people are uh, looking down at yeah. her judgmentalism. Yeah. She can handle all that stuff. And she throws back the word crumbs. And uh, just even even a crumb that falls from the master's table is a feast yeah. for people that need healing. And so, you know, bread's connected to healing. Bread is connected to the daily benefit of being a child of God. Yeah. So give us this day, our daily bread, give us this day, our daily healing that we need. Yeah. And uh, so she was just not going to leave until he said, it is granted to you. You got it. Right. right. The moment he says that her persistence needed to stop and she needed to get back home to find her daughter laying in bed quiet, peacefully sleeping yeah and um so that was really really powerful that she doesn't give up until the moment he says yeah it's done yeah and her faith was so great it was done 
Right. She just walked away at that point. The other fun little wordplay I had in there, which was happening a little bit before the service, but uh, definitely during the message, was the contrasting between the disciples begging for her to leave, right. and she was begging for healing. Right. They were both begging, both beggars. Yeah. And um, and so I really had fun with that, and that was a Holy Spirit download um, a little before service in preparation time as well as during the service. I think this is why for me when I heard when I heard you speaking I got the the headline or the the sermon title you know when the wrong person hears the message. Yeah. Uh you know the woman is is really we're we're talking about God's uh future grace and redemption for people. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a highlight illustration of that as well with everything else going on and talking about the healing and all that stuff. But um the the woman realizes that her redemption, healing, grace, mercy of, of God uh, is just a little bit is worth more than anything else. Yeah. And the disciples are inundated with it because they walk with Jesus all the time. And yet they don't see how important grace is, how important God's mercy is, how important his healing is. And uh, again, it was just sort of a contrast that just kept hitting me as you're talking is like, you know, how sometimes um, the idea of how we see grace in our own lives should mirror more of the woman than the disciples because the disciples are begging in a sense out of fulfillment. They've got it. They've got Jesus and, and full, full load of it, you know, all of Jesus. And this woman is begging for just, just a, a hint of it, just a mm-hmm. part of it. And it's the desperation is different in the sense that she wants to really connect with Jesus bad, yeah. you know, as opposed to the disciples are like, well, you know, you know, we've sort of been hanging out with him for a while, so we've already got it. You know, like what, what desperation do we really have? Yeah. Uh, it really just kind of speaks to the, the life and, and circumstances of us in our daily journey is that, you know, I, it really, it really spoke to me that I, I want to be like her, mm-hmm. you know, I want to have that desperation for, for the grace of God in my life. I want to have that desperation for his power working with me, his love, his mercy. And, and I want to have that feeling of it's never enough. Right. I, I just, I'll get a crumb and that's more, that's, I, that's, that's great. You know, yeah. but I want, I isn't, want it. isn't it fun when a person comes to you know, church for the very first time, or yeah. they experience the community of believers for the very first time, and they're just blown away. And you're like, "What? I, we have this every week." Yeah, that's right? it, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's like this all the time. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, I've never had this before. This little morsel, this little crumb, yeah. tastes so incredible." Yeah, I want more of it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. When I was hearing you say that, I was like, "That's exactly it." But it, have it a part of every aspect of our journey. You know yeah. that. I want that desperation in my, my, my devotional life and my prayer life and my life with other believers. I, I want that, that feeling that, you know, yeah, I just that worship want, experience. Just, yeah. Just want just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it fun when you talk to somebody for the first time and they're like, man, the worship was like off the hook. It was so good. And I'm like, yeah, actually this Sunday wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> Compared <laughs> you know to what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. We get just, it just becomes old hat for us sometimes. Yeah. And for a person to experience, maybe they came from a church where, you know, it's only, you know, the giant pipe organ yeah. from music from the 1600s. And then all of a sudden they step into an atmosphere where this is Holy Spirit driven, right. uh, experiential, um, just so, and, you know, they're just like brought to tears. I, yeah. you know, I've had atheists, atheist friends that came the very first time and they they just they had to leave the service because they were crying so much because yep. they could feel the power and the presence of holy spirit and i'm like yeah okay well it's just kind of a normal Sunday. yeah we do it every sunday right yeah, yeah. i know i know and you don't want to get like that right you don't right. want to get to that that point mm-hmm. but you know it's true i mean if you like the disciples hang out with jesus for three years you're like yeah this is what jesus does he does this all the time you know right um but she 
you know, coming in from her, her viewpoint, she's like, I, I don't experience that, but what I am experiencing, this is amazing. And I know that he can do this stuff. It really was convicting to me that I need to, you know, not allow myself to take it for granted, to take the presence of God for granted, to take his power for granted, to take his that's, grace and mercy for granted. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good, Pastor Alex. So, well, that's uh, that's the end of our time together. I can't we, believe it. That one went super fast. That went super fast. And when we first started, I'm like, oh, man, we got a lot of time to fill. Yeah. But as soon as we start talking about the word, it's like, well, we're like out of time all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, so next Sunday you have um, we have a guest speaker guest speaker coming. Can you Randy tell us a little Don, about? Yeah, his his name is Randy Don Giovanni, but we just call him Randy Don. He's an evangelist from okay. uh, Philadelphia, and um, he loves inner city work oh. with uh, especially young people. But his message will uh, be very convicting, very exciting. Uh, he's an evangelist by call and nature. And uh, so I would encourage you to come out, bring some people that don't yeah. know Jesus. Uh, they might be, they might get a taste of church in a way they've never had before. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And the name is very good. I mean, yeah. it just sounds like we're in for a good time together. Well, that's it for our podcast. We encourage you to continue to listen to us and tell your friends about it. Uh, if you haven't known yet, but you're a part of a lot larger group than when we first started for this podcast, uh, we're up uh, somewhere around over 4,000 right now of downloads on this podcast. Uh, and if you look on the podcast reader on the app, it says we're around uh, almost 3,000 right now. But uh, other other avenues of the podcast being put out, there were almost at 4,000. So wow. uh, yeah, Lord's really been blessing us and... Uh, it's been cool. So, well, I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. Did you want to talk a little bit about that project we have coming up um, at all? Just kind of a little teaser of the W Wednesday Night Live. No, the um, the book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we uh, have been talking about this for a while. Okay, I think since since I got here. Okay, so it's a little uh, over. But two not years. on the podcast that I'm not on the podcast. Right, yeah, but right. for a little over two years, Pastor Gary and I have been in the works of trying to figure out how we're going to um, take his book and turn it into an audiobook. And uh, we finally finally figured out the secret sauce. Nice. So we're going to get it together, and um, it'll probably be out, I would say, more in the winter. Yeah. Because it's going to take a while because mm -hmm. of the, the process of putting an audiobook together. But that'll be available, and then it'll be available on your audiobook websites that you <laughs> it'll use. It'll be the funny thing. It'll be trying to get me to get two sentences together in a row without mistakes. That'll be the Yeah, thing. right, yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, the thing is, is that, uh, um, we'll be recording, uh, the whole thing. And, and I was just, I was telling you last time we talked about it, you know, to do, uh, one chapter is two hours worth of recording time and to do an entire book, it's probably about 15 hours. Okay. So it's going to be a lot of time. So we'll be, you'll be, uh, be hearing me, uh, read his book and then there'll be parts where he'll be able to read, uh, his parts and, and we'll, uh, get it on there and, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be really cool to have an audio version of this book. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? I mean, people yeah. riding in the car, they can hear your whole book. I mean, for me, that's the fastest way to learn a subject, okay. right? Yeah. We've got a lot of people sitting around the table that are super excited about this. Yeah. I mean, I will go on a trip and I'm like, okay, my wife and kids are sleeping. I'm going to put in systematic theology and I listen to it for 14 hours or whatever. Okay. And I learn that way mm -hmm. because I can hear it as I'm sitting there and I can think about it. Yeah. As opposed to sitting there and trying to read it. Because you think faster than you read. So it'd be good. Yeah, I was thinking about it last night. I was doing a little bit of drywall work here at Harbor Light, and I kicked on my phone on the Bible app, and I listened to First uh, and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus last yeah. night. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. You know, it's, it's weird because you actually listen to it faster than you read it. Because mm -hmm. if, I, if I read, like if I'm reading the Bible, it's a lot slower than if I'm listening to it. And then also at the same time, I'm hearing it better. Yeah. 
you know, so I don't know. It'll be good. I'm excited about putting this together for you. And I'm excited that this is going to get out there. And then Pastor Gary will have a uh, audio version of this, which, you know, then you can share it with your friends all over. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, we also have our small group coming out the, right. for the, the fall. The campaign's coming. The campaign's coming. We're going to be doing um, a series of uh, small groups uh, for on the book of James. That'd be perfect. And we have uh, a 30-day devotional book that's out. Uh, which will that accompany, you wrote. that I wrote that'll be accompanying the um, the series, and so Pastor Gary and I are going to do our you know studies on it, and then you know share like we do before, and you sure. know do our thoughts on it. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. Okay, I think it's going to be really good. So be looking for those things coming out. I mean, it's just like yeah, it's like an open moment. Like hey, you get this, and you're going to get this. It's all <laughs> coming out. So be prepared. It'll be out there soon. But until we meet again, may God bless you, and we'll talk to you later. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.